it was just as shocking to me to learn. Uh, it brought up a lot of shame and it also uh, relieved a lot of shame because I thought that there was something wrong with me and I want to just kind of like put you at ease. There's nothing wrong with you. It's what happened to you and your lack of ability to move through it, your lack of guidance and training. I believe you don't need therapy. You need training in how to move that energy and that wounding through your body so that you can heal, have a healthier relationship with yourself with the way that your body moves, you more in living more of an embodied life, less anxious, constantly in your head with ADD and not being able to, you know, sleep and eat and all of the bodily functions not working great. By the way, chronic fatigue, chronic pain, <coughs> chronic illness. As a healthcare provider, I'm teaching you this because it's all inextricably linked and it all has to do with your relationship to trauma bonds and I'm going to go through it. All right. What is up? What's going on? Hello, welcome to another Trigger Proof Transmission. I've been really inspired as of late to share uh, some answers from questions uh, from the members in our community. And um, right at the same time, I have uh, Instagram Live, what's up? So. You'll see me kind of going back and forth. I got Instagram Live going here while I am recording this transmission, this podcast episode. So welcome, you guys uh, who are here live. You can check it out, kind of be a fly on the wall as I answer some questions about probably one of the most insidious topics. Insidious meaning hidden, uh, beneath the surface. You wouldn't know it. and um, Learning about this came as a complete shock to me. I did not find this work. Many of you, if you've, uh, many people who uh, find my work, they don't find my work from a place of uh, everything's going great. They're looking for answers as to why things aren't working in their relationships. And it wasn't until I reached a, a very, very low point in my life after my last relationship ended where I had to search for answers and ask the question, well, how is it that I'm an intelligent guy, I'm a nice person, how did I get involved in a relationship that ended up so toxic, so abusive, uh, it got to the point of physical violence, I've never, never happened in my life before, how did it get this bad? Um, although it also was part of her life, this was a, a pattern for her, but it ha never happened for me, but here I was stuck in it. How do I make sure that this never happens again? You know, first of all, what happened? Number one. Number two, how do I make sure this never happens again? Number three, if I can do one and two, can I find love that is secure? Is that even possible for someone like me? And if I can do one, two, and three, which I did, tick, 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 then my karma, which basically is the shit that I've done and gone through and, you know, the results that I have achieved in my life is now my dharma, my teaching, my sacred duty to pass along. And I started off as a chiropractor, helping people with stress-related problems, noticing the end stages of that stress-related, those stress-related issues, which were manifesting in the body-mind. And I use the word body-mind because... As you know, if you're following me, you're not an idiot. You know that the body and the mind are interwoven with one another. If you don't believe that, you probably would have no business following me. Um, and you know that our unresolved woundings play a part in how our health is manifesting, how we feel about ourselves, that our sense of self-worth, which dictates how we eat, how we move and how we think about ourselves. It's all about self-worth. And our self-worth is taught to us 
is realized through our early childhood attachment, our early childhood attachments. And if there's wounding and there's trauma from these, un these uh, early attachments, they, the, this trauma is an injury and it kind of gets stuck in our body. It's not really about what happens to us. It's about what's going on within us. And if you have, if you were raised, unless you were raised with unicorn parents, you didn't have parents that were able to kind of sit with you and be an empathetic witness to all of the, the feelings that arose, the activation that arose, the ruptures that you went through, if they were not taught to you how to resolve, then with an empathetic witness, you have attachment trauma, wounding, that's stuck in your body. And if it's stuck in your body, um, a trauma that's stuck in your body creates inflammation and inflammation over decades creates pain and illness. And those were the people coming to see me in my chiropractic practice. And I started seeing patterns and realizing, am I really helping them by doing adjustments on them? Sure, of course I am helping release the pressure from their nervous system. But as my career developed, I became more hungrier to teach the upstream root cause, which was unresolved attachment wounds. And it wasn't until I had the biggest wake up call in my, in my life, which was when my last relationship blew up, where I asked those four questions. How did, like, how did I get here? How did I end up in this situation in the relationship that I have? Number one, how do I make sure it doesn't happen again? Number two, how do I, um, if I can do one and two, can I create a secure relationship, a relationship that is actually where we don't have to worry about that stuff, where you have this capability of feeling safe within one another and you don't see this fucking nasty push-pull dynamic. Is that even fucking possible for somebody like me? As you could see, I was pissed. I was on a, you know, I was on a path to finding this out, right? And... Uh, if I could do one, two, and three, which I did, I'm married now. I have a beautiful three-year-old. He's upstairs right now, jumping up and down. This is, you know, maybe parents in the house. Uh, you can DM me some advice here on how to get your kid to stop jumping up and down constantly. Anyway, I know the answer to that. But um, here we are. We, we, I have this amazing uh, family that I never thought that I could have. Uh, we have, my wife and I, we have ruptures, we have arguments, but then we, we resolve them really well. Uh, we've polarized the relationship where I'm in my masculine leadership and she feels safe to kind of surrender into her feminine. She doesn't have to think about everything all the time and do everything all the time. She, she leaves, you know, she lets me lead and I take on that leadership and she's great at surrendering, even though She's not, you know, subversive, you know, she has a master's degree in sociology and she also has a black belt in Taekwondo. She's an amazing human being. She survived cancer twice. She's gone through the other side. So she's a, she's a badass human being and we've polarized the relationship. So to me, the hallmark of what everybody really needs and deserves, but they don't have access, and it's not their fault, is a secure, polarized relationship. And the only way that I got there was this concept of becoming trigger-proof. And trigger-proof is the title of a book that will be launching in the upcoming year. And uh, it's the focus of what I train uh, at the Overview Experience. Those of you who are joining me at the Overview Experience get to learn how we take a trigger and space it out over six hours and go through the neuroscience of everything, of all that's happening, so that we can take that stimulus and instead of react, we can respond. Instead of fight, flight, freeze, fawn, we can respond in ways that are more like a functional adult, like the beautiful feminine that you are or the masculine that you are and you can lead. And then you can feel safe in surrendering ladies and let go of control. And so, that's happening this weekend. I really want to say I'm super stoked to share with you guys. Um, those of you who got tickets and are coming and have cleared your schedules, you're in for a real treat. And uh, that's what I love teaching. I teach what I most needed to learn. My karma is my dharma. Dharma meaning sacred duty, teaching, 
Um, it's my karma and it's my story of going from that toxic trauma bond. What is a trauma bond? I want to share that with you. It was just as shocking to me to learn. Uh, it brought up a lot of shame and it also uh, relieved a lot of shame because I thought that there was something wrong with me and I want to just kind of like put you at ease. There's nothing wrong with you. It's what happened to you and your lack of ability to move through it, your lack of guidance and training. I believe you don't need therapy. You need training in how to move that energy and that wounding through your body so that you can heal, have a healthier relationship with yourself with the way that your body moves, you more in living more of an embodied life, less anxious, constantly in your head with ADD and not being able to, you know, sleep and eat and all of the bodily functions not working great. By the way, chronic fatigue, chronic pain, <coughs> chronic illness. As a healthcare provider, I'm teaching you this because it's all inextricably linked and it all has to do with your relationship to trauma bonds and I'm going to go through it. I'm going to share with you the three stages. So if you're in one, you can tell me um, if, uh, if it resonates with you, if, if at all, uh, you can see where, you're, uh, where you are in the, in the cycle because it's a cycle and it's a, it is absolutely uh, terrifying. It is exhausting. It is anxiety producing and many people in their lives. We're talking about a healthcare crisis. I believe trauma bonds are responsible for a massive healthcare crisis of relationship anxiety, depression, uh, because there's a push-pull dynamic within a trauma bond. So a trauma bond, first of all, what is it? It is um, basically uh, a very highly polarized push and pull dynamic that's highly addictive that goes through cycles it's like an energetic entanglement between you and another person right and um it's uh the relationship in a trauma bond starts with an instant attraction and irresistible chemistry and the connection is highly physical and sexual and the relationship you'll notice goes through extreme highs and extreme lows and in trauma bonds, it, the hallmark of it is that it, like important conversations are avoided, right? And the relationship feels like an addiction that you're powerless to quit. Tell me if that lands or resonates with you. If you can see yourself in a relationship like that, type in the chat, those of you who are on um, uh, Instagram, my peeps on Instagram, what's up? Trauma bond, I mean, who hasn't been through something like that? The cycle is insane chemistry. Uh, type in the chat. Let me know if you have like this. It's really about um, a chaotic. It's unpredictable. It's a roller coaster of emotions, and it basically it's it's codependency. Codependency is I will abandon myself to maintain the attachment with you because losing you would basically be losing myself. Basically, I've lost me in you. Right, and I'm going to tell you the kind of the, the the foundation of how that works. I just want to know: Does any of that sound familiar? Right, and here it is. What's going on is it's called the repetition compulsion. We are compulsively Freud called it the repetition compulsion because we are compulsively trying to repeat these childhood dynamics that were incomplete. A mother that you couldn't find love with. You're going to marry that person. <laughs> and you're going to go through these crazy-ass cycles of push and pull where your abandonment wounds are activated, these two parts of us, and then your engulfment wounds are activated, which is abandonment wound, don't leave me, engulfment wound, I'm feeling like I'm being eaten alive. <coughs> I feel like I'm being eaten alive and I can't handle it. And so here it is. This push and pull, and no matter how much, this is why when you take one of your, when you take one of your friends to coffee and they're telling you about their relationship, which I pretty much just described, and you're like, shit, that's not healthy. Get the hell out of there. Run. You know, it's not good for you. Don't abandon yourself for this. You can see it from the outside, and it's so painfully obvious. It just, it, it's, it's a visceral reaction when you see it with people but you can't tell them anything because 
you know, easy to look at it from the outside. I tell my clients this all the time. I'm like, if this was your daughter, you're asking the same question. If, if your daughter was going through the same thing, what would you tell her? If your son was going through this exact same thing, what would you tell him? And they all say the same thing. They say, you're worth more than this. You should really kind of move on. I was like, well, yeah, well, why can't you? Well, it's easy to look at somebody else and see their worth. But living in your skin during a trauma bond, you cannot be operating from a place of high self-worth if you're in a trauma bond. Self-worth or a lack of, lack thereof of self-worth is the underlying root cause of the trauma bond. And let me tell you exactly how it all begins. It begins from childhood when the child experiences a wound of separation from the mother, mainly. And the mother, that, that experience for the child is, I'm not lovable. I'm unworthy. You know, a feeling of not feeling seen and heard. So that pain is so challenging for the child that they have to come up with some sort of solution in their psyche in order to deal with this pain. They create this part of them that feels terrified of, of abandonment. So what they do is they create this false self. Solution number one is to create the false self of grandiosity, is godliness, the greatest ever. And that solution is called narcissism because it's to compensate for that flip side of feeling so powerless, so pathetic, so unlovable, so nobody, nothing, you know? It, the, that sense of invisibility, it's the flip side. It's the ego projected false self identity to, cope in, to, to compensate for the flip shadow of kind of patheticness. Now that's solution number one. Solution number two is the flip side of this, that same wound of patheticness and I can't be seen, I'm not lovable, I haven't been, I can't be, I'm not seen, heard. That anger and rage uh, of feeling that way gets turned inward. The first one with the narcissist, that rage is projected outward. The second solution is the codependent slash borderline where the rage is projected inward because to project it outward might create more distance between me and mommy. So wanna wanna project it inward at myself and become a codependent and put on a mask, a false self where it says, I'm gonna be whatever the fuck I need to be in order to be loved, in order to get my emotional needs met, in order to be safe. I'm gonna put on a mask and I'm gonna people please. Both the narcissist and the codependent are people pleasers. Literally, it's the same wound, it's the same thing. Both are just as manipulative. It's just the empath codependents are like, oh, they're the evil ones, yeah. Putting on a mask, people pleasing is just as manipulative as the narcissist. <laughs> it's the same thing. In fact, you're the flip side of one another, if you can relate to what I'm saying. And this experience of, you know, putting on this mask of, merging and fusing with whoever, you know, you, you'll know that you're this type of person where, you know, depending on the person you're seeing, you will completely abandon your values and you will take on that person's. The taste in music, whatever, you'll even maybe, you'll maybe even change religions for them. Perfect example, right? <clears throat> you'll be like, whatever you want me to be, I'll believe whatever you want me to believe. I don't, it, it, it's, it's this experience of I don't have an identity outside of what what I uh, kind of need to uh, merge with so that I can be alive because there's this gaping hole within me, which is the same as the narcissist, but they fill it with a false idol, like a cult of one, like a dictator, right? So it's a very interesting dynamic. And it wasn't out of um, kind of my schooling and my education that I learned this, it was out of necessity to figure out what the fuck happened in my last relationship. And so once I figured that out, I was like, oh shit, okay. So what happens? Well, in this experience where these two, the narcissist and the codependent, feel so disconnected from themselves, what happens is 
they see he, let's say he, the narcissist, or it could be she, it's the same thing, will use the tactic of love bombing. It's a man, it looks like you're the most beautiful thing in the world. You're the best, you're, you're, you're the most beautiful. You're like the greatest thing I've ever seen. And if it's the woman who's the narcissist, it's like, I'll, you know, whatever you want, you have full access, full surrender. Let's, you, you know, whatever you can, whatever you want from me, you can have. You have all of this, like full surrender, submission right away. And, um, you know, this, this experience of extreme intrinsic, like intimacy that's accelerated, accelerated intimacy. First date, boom, let's move in together. Let's get married. And you're talking about marriage on the first fucking date. This is, is actually fueled by a fear of abandonment. Because if you are fully a healthy, secure individual, you don't really like need to fill that void and jump in really quickly. This is 100% driven by wound. And because your wounds are perfect reflections for one another, the second that the love bombing begins, the codependent borderline says it was, it says it's love at first sight, but it wasn't love at first sight. It was, I fell in love with the idealized version of myself reflected through the narcissist gaze. I fell in love with a pedestalized version of me. That's exactly what happened. That's what happened. It wasn't love at first sight. And so once the attachment hooks are in through orgasm, sex, uh, kind of energetic penetration of surrender, and this is what I call unconscious polarity because it's driven by a wound, not by two conscious people who are secure and are choosing to play the masculine and feminine role as an empowered choice. That's what I call conscious polarity because from two secure partners. This is unconscious polarity, which is this addictive, like magnetism, love at first sight, love bombing, driven by a fear of abandonment. And then inevitably, once that fear of abandonment uh, it activates the union through sex or there's too much time after intimacy is done, one of the two are going to experience a trigger. And that trigger depolarizes this highly polarized unconscious polarity type of dynamic. And what happens is one of the two gets their fear of engulfment, which is the fear of being consumed. That is born from our another childhood wounding where you might have felt like you were overly responsible for the emotions of your parent. This part of you that is a rescuer to your mom's emotions, your dad's emotions. Maybe even you were like a surrogate parent. It's called parentification. It's called emotional incest. When the parent is using the child as a surrogate partner because of a lack of intimacy in the codependent relationship, that's a trauma bond that your parents are in. See, this is how it gets passed down. That lack of intimacy and that breakdown of their connection because of their push-pull dynamic, mom then leans on you maybe for a little bit too much, crosses that energetic boundary, maybe dad does it, and now we have parentification. It's called enmeshment, which is the emotions of the child is now embedded with the mother. And guess what? Soon as this trauma bond gets together, it feels so familiar. It's like, I've known you all my life. Yeah, it's because it's your mother. And what happens is they, they strike a deal with one another and says, I see you. I see you through your wound and you deserve to be loved. And I'm going to love you like your mother never did because I have the same wound. And I'm going to love you like your mother never did. And in exchange, you're going to love me like my mother never did. And the way that I'm going to be your mother is by love bombing you and giving you this blanket of what you perceive to be unconditional love, which is driven by a fear of abandonment because he doesn't want, they don't want you to leave. So the love bombing, and, and because you have such low self-worth, the love bombing really sticks. And then what ends up happening is some sort of a trigger, a conflict happens. You have sex, and now the fear of engulfment in one of you shows up, 
And now the avoidant will say, I need space. Things are getting a little too real for me. You're too sensitive. There's too much emotion or I, there's a deep inherent fear of being consumed, fear that you're not good enough. So you're going to push that person away. One of the two will do that. And the, the narcissist will usually, the narcissist role will usually say, will be the one to push away. Because what ends up happening is deep down, the narcissist wants to break free from mom. And because you both have this covert agreement of dual mothership, I'm going to be your mom, you're going to be my mom. And the reason why we're going to get together is so that together we can break free from mom, the, the spell that mom still has over us because we're still resentful towards her. We're still angry. We see we, we're unseen, unheard. And because of that, boom, we're going to break apart. And then the abandonment, once soon as the, the abandonment wounds come in, we're going to get back together because, oh, it feels so good to have that makeup sex. And this is called the love bombing and then the devaluing where at one time you're like the greatest thing ever to my ex. I was like the greatest thing ever. She has me on such a pedestal. And then boom, now I'm in the pit. Now I'm the monster. This person that is just the glorious angel has now become the fucking devil. And that's called splitting is when you go from extreme angelic to the devil, like these extreme of, polar of polarization of good versus evil. And so then the devaluing happens and then the discarding. And then it's like you're tossed away like a piece of trash. <coughs> and you're wondering what the hell happened. And if, you're, if your attachment hooks are in as the codependent, you are spending the next six months, two years, five years, 20 years going through this cycle of devaluing, discarding, and then back to love bombing again. Because once those abandonment wounds are, are in, you say, that's it, I'm done. Immediately, the other person's uh, abandonment wounds kick in, and now they lay on the love bombing really thick. And because you haven't done the work, it's not your fault. Because if you haven't really done the work beyond just counseling, sorry, talking to a counselor, telling them about your problems week after week, it's helpful to get it out, but there's no resolution in the biology. This is a biological thing. You can't, it's in your wiring. You must rewire this out of you. You can't just talk your way out of it because most of these wounds have happened long before you had the language to actually express it. For me, it started when I was two with a separation trauma from my mother. It wasn't her fault. It just was the situation, but I, took that trauma and made meaning out of it that I was not good enough because my brother got time with her and I didn't. And that drove my entire personality and created this false self, created, you know, all the good things about me that I love. And also the blind spots when I'm activated that need that external validation, need that supply. And so I started to lead in my relationships from that place of ego from a, from a, from a wound. And I was completely blind to it. And the gift of my last relationship breakdown was that I got a chance to actually look and see how this all happened. I got to see where did I go wrong? And the truth is I didn't go wrong. It was just, I hadn't learned how to be trigger proof yet. I had unresolved attachment trauma. I had an insecure attachment style. I was anxious. Uh, I was uh, insecure avoidant. I didn't even know it. If you haven't gotten, um, if you don't know your attachment style yet um, and you're watching, you can uh, grab my um, attachment style survey. If you want to grab a link in my bio in, um, in, uh, on Instagram, you just fill it out. It takes 10 minutes and then you, I give you, you know, what your attachment style is. I was the avoidant. And uh, because of that, when we would get activated and we would get into arguments, I would regress. She would, I would project my mother on her and then I became uh, emasculated. She went into her masculine. She would go into threats. She would wake me up in the middle of the night, poking the bear, waking me up in the middle of the night, insulting me, judging me, blaming me for everything. I didn't have the skills to lead her out of her 
judgments into her feelings. I was, I have to take responsibility for my emasculation, but that led to a cataclysmic breakdown in our, in our, in my life, actually, where I stopped actually working to figure all of this out. And I realized that I was stuck in a trauma bond and it wasn't my fault. And if you can relate to what I'm saying, any, at any time, this whole cycle of push pull is exhausting. I can tell you right now, girl, leave him, but you're not going to listen because there is a deep, it's like recovery from an addiction. It's very much similar. What I discovered is the path to victory is becoming trigger proof, is to master the art of taking those wounds that come up and healing from the past and individuating from mommy and daddy. And so I'm going to write down a few uh, steps that you got to do. Step one is you got to master your nervous system. You've been listening to the Trigger Proof Podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation. Becoming trigger proof doesn't mean trigger less. It means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds. Anytime there's reactivity, there's a wound. And if you're curious and inspired to learn more, join us at Breathwork and Badassery or the Overview Experience and a combination of both actually helps you do the work. There's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. You got to know how to um, identify what state that you're in. There's the sympathetic, there's the dorsal. This is all the polyvagal theory. And so I became a master. You got to start to learn how to operate your system. You got to take responsibility for that. If you don't, you become that kind of person that outsources your self, outsources your regulation to a certain degree, co-regulation, which is two parties working together to soothe is ideal, but that happens only if you're willing to learn how to self-regulate. You got to co-regulate with the younger parts of yourself first. None of this is your fault. If you're in a trauma bond, you haven't yet learned how to co-regulate with your shadow. And once I learned that, all of a sudden my self-worth started to go up. My confidence started to go up. My mojo came back. And so does, so did my magnetism. And I was able to change that reaction from, from like fight, flight. I'm a fighter and a flighter. So it's about fighting and then running. You might be a freezer or a fawner, which is appeasing, saying yes when you mean no. This is all because of these unresolved attachment wounds. And that first step is to master your nervous system. And when you do that, it's like a tiger being chased after you all the time in the relationship and you're able to tame the tiger and you're able to show up authentic. You're able to show up understanding. The second piece of this puzzle, I'm going to erase that here for those of you watching on YouTube and Facebook. Number two is you must individuate. Individuate. This is one of the modules in my offerings is the one thing that most people leave out because the trauma bond that you're in has very little to do with the partner that you have. It's because you haven't been able to divorce. You haven't been able to leave from the confines of the um, kind of energetic entanglement that we have with our parents. You know, you know it. I mean, if you are married to a mama's boy or a, daddy's girl and you're just like oh it's just so irritating because there's a part of them that hasn't matured 
and individuation basically means you're either too keen on mommy and daddy's approval, okay, in which case their opinion of you means more to you than your opinion of you. So you haven't become an, an, an adult, an individual who's sovereign. You're still under their spell. Or you're so fucking resentful towards them that you just want to avoid them. That's another indicator that their judgment and their opinions about you are more important than your opinions about you. And you are not able to be with those unworthy parts of you around them. You haven't yet integrated what's called integration and owned those disowned parts of you that, that are still kind of like angry and bitter and guilty and ashamed. Um, you haven't yet learned how to bring those parts home called integration. <coughs> and, and you haven't transcended your resentment. This is a big one. And so it just reminds me of this one woman I'm working, we're working with and she's stuck in a trauma bond, push pull, finally moved out of her place. She's like, every time I'm with him, he reminds me of my mom. Ugh! Well, there you go. And she's been doing counseling and talk therapy and they called him a narcissist and all this stuff. And he's anxious attached and narcissistic and all this stuff. And then after a few months, she's like, holy shit, we're involved in a trauma bond. I'm just as much the narcissist as the codependent. It's not about him. It's about my mother. And I'm committed to healing this and learning it, which is basically what learning how to become trigger proof is, is actually taking the, the ability that the, um, ability to take a trigger, which is a younger part of you because of your resentment towards mommy and daddy that gets activated because you haven't individuated. There it is, individuated. You haven't individuated. And so you want to get out of a trauma bond. Should I stay, go? I always tell people, well, are you safe, first of all? Like, are you, is your health in jeopardy? Is your safety in jeopardy? No, I'm not. Okay, great. But if you have the time, then you got to do the work. Mastering the nervous system, becoming trigger-proof, learn, and then learn to individuate from mommy and daddy, which is really an important piece of the puzzle, which has to do with kind of the insights that you have about the story that you made up about mom and dad based on what happened, whether they cheated, one cheated on another, whether one left at the age of two, they did what they did. If you've ever been a parent, you know, sometimes you're like, fuck, I just get me out of my life right now. <laughs> very, very common. And that's normal. But how they dealt with it, they dealt with it in their own way. And what happened was as a child, you likely made a meaning out of it. And the meaning that you made was, I'm not worthy. So now, based on that meaning, which is false, you're trying to prove yourself in a relationship with someone who reminds you of them <laughs> so that you could finally prove to them that you are worthy and then prove to yourself. That's the game that the trauma bond is making. And if you're unwilling to actually take responsibility, not blame, and take ownership of that part, that was what I did. I woke, I woke up to this and I was like, shit. I got to individuate. So I moved at the age of 43, moved back in with my parents for three months to heal what was broken as the two-year-old self that was separated from my mother. And so I did. And how do you know you've individuated? Your parents can be exactly who they are around you and you're not like trying to change them anymore. You're okay with them being as they are and you're not trying to change you to cater to them. That's fucking power. That's a sign of individuation. When you focus on doing that, all of a sudden the answer to should I stay or go solves itself. And this is what happens if you're willing to be guided by someone who's going to call you out on your narratives of he's the narcissist, labeling the other person and unwilling to look in a fucking mirror. 90% of people who watch my content are definitely not ready to do this level of work. They'd rather just go to these narc abuse forums, label and diagnose their partner and not look at all at themselves. And I'm not saying that your partner doesn't have maybe some sort of mental health challenges. My ex definitely 100% you could easily, if you go down the list of all of the symptoms of borderline personality disorder, if you look, just look them all up. There's nine of them. 
okay? You can look them up yourself. It's in the D, uh, Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, DSM-5. Out of nine of them, they must have seven in order to qualify for borderline personality. Well, she's definitely got 8.5, <laughs> okay? So, but the thing is, is that she may have that. Your ex may be a narcissist, okay? May have a personality disorder, that's fine. But you're still responsible for answering this question. Why was I the perfect match for somebody like that? And the answer is unresolved attachment wounds. Your shadows have not been integrated. You haven't yet learned how to become trigger-proof. It's not your fault. You probably tried all the therapies and done, you know, read all the books. You read Attached, you know, you read The Body Keeps the Score. You've done John Martini's work and all that. But the problem is you haven't likely put all the pieces together, which is the top-down insights, cognitive work, with the somatic piece together and master how that nervous system regulation and then individuation. And then the third one, the third uh, blind spot, the third reason why is number three is the skill of turning. You haven't yet learned how to turn, turning conflict into deeper intimacy. Now, this is the secret to secure relationships. Secure relationship is really not just something that you, you know, get, it just falls out of the sky by farting rainbows, my joke is. It, that's not how it works. Secure relationship is earned through going through the cycles of rupture and repair without fawning and rupturing and repairing with yourself. This is what the overview method is really all about. You integrate, once you've integrated with these parts, you've separated, then you use masculine and feminine communication to help instill and bring back the polarity that was lost during the rupture. And when you don't have this part, you are constantly in a push-pull dynamic. You're hiding your truth because you're afraid of conflict. So you're fawning, which is self-abandonment, which is a low self-worth issue, which causes, which is, if you're a woman doing that, that's more kind of leading energy, which depolarizes the relationship, sending him into kind of like, it just, it just causes all sorts of fuckery when you abandon yourself, right? And it's scary to speak your truth and get vulnerable right? But that's what secure people do. But if you haven't yet learned the skill of turning conflict and turning it into deeper intimacy, then you're, you don't have the skills or the confidence to say no when you mean no, or to be able to share your feelings rather than hold them back because you think that you're just a burden. And the reason why I'm interested in this is this has to do with your health. Without resolving this, it's a healthcare issue because every single time, if you have a healthcare crisis right now, if you have health problems, <coughs> it reminds me of certain clients that I work with. When did you get this Crohn's disease? When did you get inflammatory bowel? When did you get diagnosed with your autoimmune? Oh, three years ago. What happened three years ago? Well, I went through a breakup. Mm. Ding, 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 ding. There is a hidden blind spot here with our health and our inability to resolve conflict because you haven't mastered your nervous system. You haven't yet learned how to individuate from mommy and daddy, which is a skill that is so critical to do. If you're going to a therapist telling your story and you're not learning the skills or you're taking medication because you can't handle the sadness and the angst and the, the sadness that comes along with this, well, guess what? Take those medications and you're going to dissolve some of the pleasure and the joy as well. So you're just kind of like numb in this mid zone because you haven't learned to um, regulate your nervous system. We need all sorts of numbing agents so that we don't feel, and then we break down intimacy, and then we go through these push-pull dynamics just to feel alive because we're so numb. I remember we were in the middle of an argument, me and my ex one time, and 
I was like, why are you starting an argument? Like everything's fine with us. Are you like just looking for conflict? Are you? And she was like, yes, I am. And at the time I was like, dude, this is some crazy shit. Like this is crazy. And now as I left, I just want you to know if you do that, it's not because you're crazy. That is total um, invalidation. It's not crazy. What it is, is familiar. If you were raised in a childhood where conflict was just the norm, then safety and a secure relationship will feel unsafe to you. If you had the blueprint that you have to chase love all the time, then someone showing up to you who's secure, wanting to really show up for you, wanting to be there, and they, you know, show up when they say that they're going to show up, actually give you love, all of these younger parts will be like, no, I'm not worthy. And you'll push it away. You'll just push it away because you're, you, first of all, your, your engulfment wounds have come up. You haven't dealt with. You haven't learned how to become trigger proof. You haven't individuated yet. Your nervous system is shot. You'll push them away. And part of you will feel like you don't deserve it. And I know that you are listening to this and you're part of my network because you want to have secure relationships. You want to be able to feel safe uh, in your skin. You want to feel like there's a close closeness between you and a distance and you can have both. You can have me. I can have me and I can have you at the same time. You know, it is, this is what secure relationships really are about. Um, I'm going to I'm going to share with you a few things to look for of what a secure relationship feels like because take a moment and pause and see all of this probably quite activated by this conversation, but what does a secure relationship to mean to you? Would you even be able to know how to recognize one if it jumped up and bit you in the face? Chances are you haven't because I didn't either and I had to do the work. and so. A secure relationship is when you're feeling predominantly relaxed with your partner most of the time. This is what I know. The reason why you're listening is this is what you're looking for. This experience of when you hit a glitch, it becomes really easy for you to apologize and to brainstorm a win-win or to repair any of these ruptures or misattunements because you have, you have the skills to, to heal from a rupture or a misunderstanding. It's a feeling in a secure relationship where people are essentially good at heart. You see their, their inherent goodness. It's a feeling where you're constantly prioritizing keeping agreements with one another. And it's when you discover the needs, uh, discover, try to discover, and really keenly attempt to meet each other's needs and feel comfortable expressing your needs and receiving their attention and their care. Try that on for a moment. That's what's possible when you become trigger proof and you heal those attachment wounds and you individuate. It's when you are actively protecting your partner and each other from harm. You have each other's backs. It's like this bubble, this couple bubble. And it's when you look at your partner with kindness and caring and really look forward to spending time together. And you're trying to maintain this safety in your relationship and your partner's like a safe haven for you. When shit's going down, you turn to each other. When shit's celebration, you turn to each other. It's just like there's this bond. And the best part about it is when you have a secure bond at home, you feel like you can fly and, and, and take on greater challenges in the universe. It's good for your health. It's good for your longevity. It's good for your career because your home base is on lockdown. I can come here and really serve my community of cycle breakers and do these events that are six hours long, helping people through their traumas. Why? Because my wife and son are on lockdown at home in a beautiful place. Like when I say lockdown, I mean like our hearts are on lockdown with one another. Not that they're, <laughs> they're just supposed to stay home. They can do whatever. But we just are such a team of family of co-regulating one another. Healthy interdependence rather than codependence, which is about um, abandoning ourselves for one another. And on the other side of that, 
to create polarity on the other side of that. That is everything that I stand for. That is what is the solution to destroyed families in our society right now. Men who are struggling, they all have the same challenge. They don't feel polarity on the other side of security. Women, same thing. That connection is gone. That desire is gone. And nobody has, it's not your fault. You just haven't learned the skills yet. So for those of you this weekend that are coming or uh, this upcoming weekend, let me know. Send me a DM if you're actually, if this is resonating with you and you want by this time next year to look back and say, holy crap, I feel free. I actually really love and appreciate myself. I'm able to say no. I'm not people pleasing all the time. Um, I'm able to say no. If people don't like it, that hurts. But I would never abandon myself and betray myself just for the sake of attachment because my self-worth has gone like this. Then the overview experience is the best first step. And what happens is on, for the first three that sign up, I am going to do a integration and imp implementation call right afterwards so that I can basically help you tie together what was incomplete in that uh, session and um, help you implement this work to becoming trigger proof, creating secure love. You know, and what does that feel like? Well, it feels like um, you and me are together. Um, you and me are together, but I can have me and you can have you. I can have me and I can have you at the same time. And you enhance who I already am. And I have the ability to meet my needs. And I'm welcoming you to help me meet my needs. I'm open to receiving as well. This beautiful kind of exchange of give and receive. If that feels unfamiliar to you, it's not your fault. It could be that you've been in a trauma bond. And if we don't break that cycle, it then passes on to our children. And that's why I'm super duper stoked to work with those that are really committed to breaking that cycle. If any of this is landing or resonating, or if you have any questions, and uh, I am super duper stoked to uh, serve and uh, help those that are actually wanting to break these cycles intergenerationally, because the truth is it didn't start with you, but it can end with you. Sending you so much love and see you at the next perfect time.